Welcome to episode 271 of the Whatnots Review Show, where every week we pick a story and we talk about it. It could be a movie, TV series, anime, manga, comic book, audio fiction, all kinds of entertainment. We watch it, read it, listen to it, and then we come back here and talk about it. My name is Melissa Wilkinson, and I am joined, as always, by Kyle Springer. Good morning, Melissa. How's your weekend been? It's been okay. I'm getting over a sinus thing. You can probably hear it in my voice. So I've mostly laid around and watched a bunch of movies. You and me both. Because we, uh, one of our other podcasts, we postponed it one day for one thing. And then I started to get a a, a little (laughs) sick. And I was like, do do we want to just skip this week? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's what we did. But I'm feeling a lot better. Um, and this weekend has been pretty good. Good, can't can't really complain. Uh, played a, a lot of Starfield. Kind of have to start picking up the pace on that because Spider Man Two is about to come out, <laughs> so I have to play that one next. Uh, we've been <laughs> drinking. I bought some wine this weekend while I watched hey, this hey. movie. Uh, so yes, we'll talk about correct. that in, in a sec here. Um, but yeah, it's been a good weekend. And then I think today after the podcast, we're going to go see A Haunting in Venice. Um, Me so. too. Hell yeah. I'm excited. Sunday I'm afternoon haunts. Indeed, indeed. Indeed. Melissa, wine. Ha, ha, wine. Are, are, are you a wine girl? Like, is that your go-to yes. drink? What, what, yes. what, 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 what do you usually get? I... I mean, if I'm out at a restaurant, I'm going to take advantage of the fact that I don't have all of the cocktail makings at my own house. That's too many things to have. So I typically sure, order yeah. a cocktail when I'm out on the town. But for at home, I, I like wine. I, I think wine is very fun to buy. There's so many kinds and you can get a good wine for very cheap. Sure. I, that's typically what I do is I go to my local grocery store and I'm like, what has their schnooks recommends schnooks expert pick sticker on it and is like nine to fifteen dollars and i've i've led a great life so far there you go okay see i'm i'm not a wine person whatsoever Mm. uh alcohol wise i'm more of a beer person i'm more of a whiskey person that's my Mm. liquor of of choice to Tequila's great too. Vodka's great too. But I, I just, I, I can't. I couldn't ever really get into wine. I don't know why. I think it's also just lack of knowledge. And like you said, yeah. there's so many of them, and mm. like it, it just it has its own culture that I feel like is more well known or like permeates at regular everyday life more so than mm-hmm. like beer culture or whiskey yes. culture it's like wine is the thing i don't yeah. know um but i bought some <laughs> wine uh to watch this movie we're about to talk about and i have it here the wine is here apothic pinot noir hey it says it's a pinot noir with a dark side uh, oh my gosh! It's from 2001. It's a soft and indulgent wine from California. But Melissa, let me read you the back. It oh. says Pinot Noir has been described as the minx of the vineyard. 
an elusive garape that captivates the senses. Apothic Pinot Noir features layers of vanilla, dark cherry, Ooh, and raspberry, yeah. and leaves you with a soft, luscious finish. Luscious. So, yeah. This is what I was sipping on uh, and ended up kind of liking it. It wasn't too bad. Not my favorite. I've had better mm. wine. Or I should say I've had wines that I liked because I thought they were yes. easier to drink. Um, yeah. And this one, yeah, very dark, uh, much stronger taste was kind of very worried because over the holidays uh, last year, my mom came and brought some wine with her and she left one of the bottles with us. And it kind of sat there for a little while and we were like, I guess we should just drink this because neither of us are really into it. So, yeah, and we tried it and it was one of the driest wines mm -hmm. that I have ever yep. had. And it I could not do it, but I did. did. Uh, and I was worried with how dark th this one was. And like like the, the smell was so pungent that I was like, mm -hmm. I think this is going to be one of those like dry wines that I, I that I just cannot do. And no, it was actually not half bad i liked it that's been my experience i start we're going to talk about the movie of the day in a little bit but i started drinking white wines because i thought these must be lighter simpler better for a beginner and then the first time i ever tried a red wine which was just like a three dollar red blend from trader joe's i'm like this is what people have been talking about when they say it tastes buttery like red huh, wines most of the I'm sure they've got drier varieties, but I think your average red wine is smoother and white wines are more minerally and it's got yeah, that, that sort of sense. sharpness to it. So I think uh, the Apothic red blend is a great way to start. I know I've had that one before. A, a mid range red blend is what I get yeah. most of the time. Abs absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, ended up having a couple glasses of that. Well, we watched the movie that we're about to talk about yes. this week, which is Sideways. Melissa, Sideways. Uh, we are continuing Shame Timber, Accidental Paul Giamatti edition. Uh, Shame <laughs> Timber every year. You and I take the opportunity to pitch movies that are on our personal lists of shame either because they're a major cultural touchstone or something very specific to us. Like it's a movie that's been on our list of, Oh, I've got to see that thing. I think I'd like it. And for years and years, you've just never seen it. This is the time to cross those off the list. And sideways was one of mine uh, as a preteen. <laughs> I watched Ebert and Roper at the movies, like every Sunday morning, same time slot as this show. I think, I think that was 11 AM mm -hmm. on a Sunday is when it played on my local wb affiliate huh. uh so i grew up with that it, for one period of time like when i was a kid i was really into the lord of the rings movies and that sure, yeah. got me into every movie kind of around that like that was the first time in my life i watched like awards and like what other big things are coming out so there's a lot of movies from like 2001 to like 2005 that i just have stuck in my head from like hmm. reading premiere magazine or watching ebert and roper or something like that right, yeah. and knowing that i was still a little too young for a lot of these movies 
and sideways was one of them i'm like when i when my parents will let me rent an r-rated movie i'm gonna rent that one from blockbuster and i think i'll (laughs) like it and blockbuster came and went uh, I can watch as many R-rated movies as I want. And I had not yet seen Sideways. Drink uh, all the wine, watch all the R-rated yes. movies. Well, let's say you right. are living it's, it up. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> I love it. This is my simple indulgence is my $10 wine and movie where you see some butts. <laughs> Uh, and coincidentally last week your shame timber movies were all uh stories of hip-hop history and we watched Mm -hmm. straight out of compton also featuring paul giamatti yes indeed indeed um sideways so i i don't think i knew about this movie until you mentioned it um yeah, part of the reason why I ended up picking it was because accidentally Paul Giamatti back to back in Shame Timber. Mm-hmm. Why not? Um, but yeah. Also, we've we've kind of started a little bit of a theme here on the review show. We've we've talked about a manga called The Drops of God, uh, which is all about wine. Um we we talked about that manga a few years ago uh and then kind of unbeknownst to us apple tv did a live action adaption mm-hmm. which we've not talked about really here on the show but i've watched it and it's fantastic um i lo- 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 loved it a lot uh i also on my own time recently watched a netflix movie called uncorked um, which is about a, a, a guy l- l- learning to become a sommelier. Um, so I like I I feel like I've slowly been educating myself at, at least in the bare minimum of wine. Um, but the fact that we've talked about jarops of God uh, here on the show, I was like, well, if 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 we make it two things about wine on the show, then we kind of have a theme that we can like. Yeah, hey, yeah, something to to be like. Hey, if you liked this, go check out Drops of God. <laughs> two episodes to recommend in the right? review show yeah. catalog. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so so yeah, I I thought that one would be interesting. Also, a secret third reason why I picked mm. this. Uh, I'm not super familiar with Thomas Hayden Church. That's his name, right? The, the, uh, yes. Yes. So I, I know him as Sam yes. from the Spider-Man movies. I know I've heard his voice in a few other things. But beyond that, I like I know he's a pretty well-known actor, but I, I really don't I, know much that he's in. George of the Jungle. He's the the cad boyfriend in the 90s. Brendan Fraser, George of the See, Jungle. I the lady that. leaves. I only I, remember Brendan Fraser. I, I watched that movie a lot as a kid. Uh, and so when I'm like 13, 14 years old and I see Ebert and Roper review this movie, I'm like, this stars Lyle from George of the Jungle and Marty Wolf from Big Fat Liar. Two of the great <laughs> kids movie villains in an adult movie like i think that was a good bridge for me to get into this give me an adult scenario showing me faces i know from popular children's films yeah but like 
I'm just not super familiar with his mm. f- filmography. And I guess for some, I, I guess because of the genre that Spider-Man kind of falls in, I don't really see him as a comedic actor. And th- that's not to say he he is not. I Again, I don't know his f- filmography but i'm just not familiar with him in that sense and so to when when you pitch this and where guys like it's kind of a comedy uh i i was like huh weird this guy <laughs> in, a, in a comedy interesting okay let's do this one <laughs> so that's why i picked sideways yeah uh to round out the cast we also have sandra O. Oh. Uh, well known for many titles. I'm I'm very. I think back here. to. Yeah. I think back to we, we're both Lost fans. Mm-hmm. Grey's Anatomy started airing like just after Lost, so I remember a ton of those Grey's Anatomy commercials. So Sandro has been uh, a presence in my life for like 20 years now. I'm happy to have her. And then you asked Absolutely. me, what do we know uh, Virginia Madsen from? I don't know what you yeah. know her from, but I realized why her name resonated with me. She's in Candyman. Yes, I I looked up her filmography as well and realized all the the main reason that I don't really recognize her even less than than Thomas Hayden Church is she's she's often in horror movies yeah. and stuff like that. I when she when she, she came on screen, I did recognize her. So I've seen her somewhere out in the void. Uh, but yeah, even less familiar with her because I'm baby and I don't like scary stuff, (laughs) even though I'm going to see a haunting in Venice after this, which I consider more of a mystery than a, than a a scary, that's scary at all movie. I would be very surprised if a haunting in Venice includes a jump scare or a gore, or if you say Hercule Poirot's name five times, he shows up with a hook hand. <laughs> Anyways, um yeah, I, I I thought the cast was great in in this. This was a movie that I I didn't know what to expect, and I think it had all kinds of directions that it could have gone. I want to hear what you thought of this first, since this was on your Shame Timber. Um, the, mm-hmm. what, what were your th- thoughts on finally watching Sideways? I enjoyed it. This is a really nice movie vacation, which I found okay. <laughs> is one of the main reasons I will watch a movie. If it's just like actors I like to see, a place I'd like to go. But there's something aspirational about the film. And even if our, our two main characters are to varying degrees, sad sacks. I don't think there's any life choices you should emulate in sideways, uh, except for the love and enthusiasm of wine. And they're they're up there in like the Napa Valley, Sonoma, the Northern California wine country. They're playing golf mm-hmm. and just doing like adult man things. <laughs> Guys being dudes. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good way to describe it. Guys being dudes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, man, I so all in all, the movie was not really my cup of tea or my glass of wine, I Mm. guess you could say. 
but it was still good. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, it 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 feels like it's almost being pulled in a couple different directions, not in a bad way, but to make an interesting mix. And that made me think, oh, the movie is a wine too. Like it's it a blend. Is, right. Yeah. Um you guys will see from the synopsis, but part of this movie feels like it wants to be the hangover or like that <laughs> style of <laughs> of comedy, right? Where these sure. two men instead of a bachelor party, it's like a bachelor weekend in wine right. <laughs> country. Just the two There's of them drunk shenanigans they meet a bunch of women they are hung over they get chased around golf courses by bikers or whoever uh they leave their wallets in in these people's houses that they slept with and then have to go infiltrate the house mm-hmm. to get their wallets back like all this this crazy stuff it feels like it wants to be the hangover but that's also such a small part of what this movie is it's also kind of wants to be the like romantic comedy, but mm. then doesn't quite get there. Like it, it's it's almost a tragic movie. Like you said, the main characters are kind of sad sacks, especially Paul Giamatti's character. And at the end, it like it does have a somewhat hopeful ending. Um but it is still like somber. It, it it hasn't reached that hopeful note yet, but it's on that trajectory, if that makes sense. Um, yes. But yeah, it like it it's it's not the romantic comedy that that you you think the like poster might lead you to believe or the description might lead you to mm. believe. Uh, but then it's also yeah, like it's a movie about wine and the the complexities the 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 intricate nature of wine and the care that needs to go into these grapes uh and and how paul giamatti is just a good a grape that needs special care he is the pinot grape he is the elusive pinot rape that needs attention and care and stuff like that and that's it but then that's my new blast bio care for me as you would a grape the the last interesting note that is is in in the like what makes up this movie is that the soundtrack almost makes it sound like it's a crime noir detective story <laughs> it's real jazzy it's a it is real jazzy. yeah and it's like in a way that you expect him to be like so there i was in napa valley and she walked in with a glass already in her hand she must have been on her second one by now right like yes <laughs> it, it sounds like it needs that kind of narration but it's not it's not a crime noir but in the movie, he describes that the novel he's making at times feels like a detective story. He names an author. I'm not sure if it's a real person or not. But he's like, it's kind of like one of his novels where it just kind of ends up going nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I was like, OK, in a weird way, that's what's 
kind of also happening in the movie. Like we 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 get like it's that's not to say that nothing happened in the movie, but it's all like it it's not a traditional plot structure. I feel like that makes sense. I'm I'm getting into some 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 uh, stuff that we should talk about once we're into spoilers and stuff here. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was an interesting blend of stuff. Um, yeah, there are some really just genuinely hilarious moments. Yes. Uh, some great like heartfelt emotions. Yeah. Some some yeah, it just uh, yeah, an, an interesting mix all around for sure. I recommend it. Hmm. Me too. So, do you want to do like a plot synopsis? Uh, yeah. For those who may not have checked it out yet. Uh, Paul Giamatti plays Miles. He is a divorced, like, middle school English teacher who's been struggling to get a novel published. Uh, and his best friend is Jack, who is an an actor who's had, like, one recording role on a soap opera. He's been in some commercials. He hasn't really made it big. And he's about to get married. And the two of them go up to wine country uh, for a bachelor's weekend, just the two of them. And Jack decides... He's kind of a, a Lothario. He's like, I need to get laid again before I settle down and marry this woman. So he's like looking for dates while they're up there for like a week. He finds this woman who he starts an affair with. And then Miles, uh, uh, th- that woman has a friend, a local waitress at a, at a restaurant that Paul Giamatti has gone to every time he's been up there in wine country. And Jack's like, she likes you, dude. She likes you. You should make a move. You're single. Like you could use some action. Come on. And Miles just like can't really get out of his head and get over himself and open himself up to her and have a sincere conversation. So it's about these romantic foibles uh, and all of the drinking and all of the metaphorical discussions of wine and what people are grapes. Yep, exactly exactly this is also this felt a lot more along the lines of the kind of movie that i am referring to to when i say this is the like the the film where they're sitting around talking about life sipping tea (laughs) like this is kind of along those lines right where Mm. there is like the metaphors for life and these characters are in the conversations they're having about what what wine and the different varietals and stuff like that. Um, and then it's just like, and then Sad Sack might have a date at the end, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is a movie where Sad Sack learns to not overindulge, but genuinely treat himself to something good and i like that arc yeah yeah absolutely um and i think the film also has a a nice bookend uh that i will mention here i think it's worth Mm -hmm. pointing out that the film starts with someone knocking on a door and it it ends the exact same way someone knocking on a door so oh it's nice interesting stuff yeah uh cool well yeah um we will take a quick break for housekeeping and when we come back we will dive more in depth to sideways here start discussing it a little bit more but we will be right back 
Here at The Whatnots, we make multiple different shows, and a lot of hard work goes into making them, so we would love it if you check them all out. If you enjoy our shows, patreon.com slash the whatnots is the best place to show your support. For just a dollar a month, you can get early access to episodes and at our $3 tier, a Patreon-exclusive podcast, The Pilots Club. You can even get a shout-out and thank you on most of our shows at the $5 tier. And if you're one of our patrons already, thank you so much. It means the world to us. You can find out more information on our website, thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. You can also find us on YouTube and Twitch for video versions of the shows, trailer reactions, and live streams. And lastly, we have merch. If you want to grab yourself a shirt or a hoodie or a mug or something else, head over to thewhatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. All right, we are back. A big shout out once again to our Patreon supporters. We love you a thank lot. You. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, speaking of, uh, over on the Pilots Club this month here in September, we got to talk about the pilot episode of Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. Uh, this is on on Max. You guys can go ch check it out there. I think season two is currently airing or just wrapped up or kind of right around there. Uh, but uh, yeah, I grew up a Los Angeles Lakers fan during the Shaq and Kobe era. So I always got to hear about the like, uh, like Will Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson. Always got to hear about all of the, the, that stuff. Uh, and this was an interesting show that was a dramatization of that, but is also kind of a comedy, which I was not expecting at all. Yeah. So good stuff. Good stuff with that. Uh, Go check I want to mention that next month's uh, yes. Patreon bonus episode in the Pilots Club, we are watching the amazing screw on head, uh, the animated pilot for a show that never got picked up so it's just this one episode i think it aired as a one-off special on the sci-fi channel the amazing screw on head is based off a mike mignola comic it is animated very much in his comic style mm -hmm. uh, and it is about a, a, a sort of android who has a head that can like screw on and off into different bodies and he uses this for different secret agent missions but that character is also voiced by paul giamatti so we're keeping the streak going amazing <laughs> amazing uh, yeah uh speaking of mike mignola and hell boy uh that's what we've been doing for our end of the month specials we just started it last month uh and so next week right here on the review show we will continue our coverage of hell boy uh more about that at the end of the show uh, let's see. Also over on the captain's log, like I kind of mentioned, uh, earlier with us, with us postponing the captain's log and me getting sick, we did not have a captain's log podcast, uh, this past week, but our previous episode speed beef, uh, in which we, we, we pondered the question, would you eat caffeinated food? Like if, if a yeah. cheeseburger had caffeine infused inside it some somehow, would you eat that? Is that the next big thing? Are we geniuses? Maybe. 
<laughs> find out on the captain's log. <laughs> um, and then uh, still not much happening over on the reactor core right now. I know we got a few movies coming up that we may cover. I know Ahsoka is about halfway done right now. We may do a like end of season one spoiler cast on. Who knows? Keep an eye out um, for some some interesting stuff coming up with that. Yeah, I think that's kind of about it for housekeeping right now. Uh, so yeah, let's get into spoilers. All right, Melissa, where do you want to start with this movie? I want to start with, I was surprised at how unlikable both of the main characters were where yes. Jack is like, I need, I need to get laid before I get married. A plot point I've seen in other movies. Sure. But then it's usually, it's more tame. It's more like, I want to go to a strip club again before I get married. Not, I want to have a several days long intimate affair with this woman without telling her I have to go get married on Saturday. Yeah. So he's got that behavior going on. And Miles, when they drive up to wine country on the way, they stop and they see Miles's mom. So he's like, it's her birthday tomorrow. I really feel like I'm, I should stop. And like the trip just ends up getting postponed. It's like, well, I'm going to drop off a card. We're going to stay for dinner. We're going to stay the night. And then she tries to talk him into like going out to brunch with it seems like maybe his sister in, in the morning and her family. And then they leave before that happens. But that, that's the one thing they sneak out on. They sneak out on the mom while she's just asleep on the couch because like he took her bed or whatever. Asleep uh, he while steals kids money from her. Door is on the television. I, <laughs> yes. Yes. Of all the things to have casually in the background playing on the TV while the mom falls asleep on the couch. It's kids next door, which indicates to me that she fell asleep the night before watching Adult Swim. That mom was watching Cowboy well, Bebop. Were they ever on the because you know how the WB had that like Saturday morning uh, like Cartoon Network takeover for a while. There was even like a, a oh. Toonami takeover on yeah. WB. Um, <laughs> it could have been something like that. So she could have been watching WB. Watching, like, yeah. Right. Watching Dawson's Creek or something. Right. Either yeah, way, yeah. I'm very curious as to that mom's uh, TV watching habits. <laughs> that was a very odd inclusion. <laughs> Fell asleep watching the oblongs. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm looking at it like, is does this have meaning? Is like Paul Giamatti number two? Uh, is Thomas Hayden Church? Is, is he number four? Good lord. Is there symbology in this? But Miles goes upstairs and he like knows where his mom's secret stash of cash is. And he just steals several hundred dollars from her before they go up to this wine country weekend. And this yeah. is early. This is like 15 minutes in. This is our protagonist. The man who's like, I got to stop and see my mom. It's her birthday. I'm taking $400. Wild. Yeah. I, I think that the thing that stood out to me about the beginning of the film uh was just kind of the the shenanigans and just kind of the chaos of everything that's happening right because the the film starts with someone waking 
uh, Miles up to to be like, hey, you need to move your car. The rovers are here for the apartment next door. Your car is kind of in the driveway. They need to get in. Uh, So he has to move that realizes he's slept in by like a few hours it seems like is majorly late for like a like a weekend or week-long trip out to yeah um yeah to wine country he he's on the phone being like i'm literally leaving right now smash cut to him on the toilet reading a book (laughs) and then showering afterwards and just like oh my god and then this he, guy's he, a mess. He gets there, and you see him lying to. He's gonna pick up uh, Jack at his like wife's future wife's like parents' big mansion. He gets yep. there, and he's like lying to everybody. Like, gee, traffic you wouldn't jam. believe yeah. this traffic. Yeah, and and he yeah he he he, he does that. Then they set off. Yeah, to to go on their adventure, and immediately is like, hey, we're stopping to go see my mom. Like, yeah. what? On 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 t- on top of that, uh, Thomas Hayden Ch- Church's character J- J- Jack, you s- said his yes. name was right. Uh, J- Jack reaches in the back as Miles t- t- tells him, "Like, hey, I got us some special w- 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 wines f- for the trip," and he opens one up in the car. And just yes. starts pouring it and is like, okay, cheers, let's go. And they're drinking and driving. And I'm, I'm yes. just like, so reckless. Okay, this is the movie that I'm yes. like, I like, this is part of why I'm like, okay, this is the hangover. Like, yeah. this is w- what I now know to expect, right? Um, mm yeah like that and the, the scene where he's like crawling on hands and knees to sneak back in the house to get the wallet at the <laughs> my end favorite, my favorite Good scene. lord yeah <laughs> amazing um yeah but like I, that I, it's it's just it's such a an interesting start because i feel like for what i just said like a movie that almost feels like it wants to be a, the hangover it, it this is a lot tamer than that but it feels mm. very 90s like it feels like the '90s version, like the '90s Oscar-winning sure, v- yes. v- 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 version. It was nominated for this. Best Picture, and this is back when they only had five Best Picture nominees instead of the ten wow. they have now. So, real pedigree on this. Uh, yeah. I want to mention briefly uh, this. This was directed by Alexander Payne, who has a new movie coming out in November, starring Paul Giamatti, called The Holdovers. Did you get a trailer for the holdovers when you saw Oppenheimer? I got I one. Think so? Maybe. Uh, it's a, Paul Giamatti plays like a professor or a headmaster or something at this like boys boarding oh, school. Oh yes, yes. And over winter break, there's one kid who doesn't get picked up, so Paul Giamatti just has to spend time with him. <laughs> yeah, but big, yeah, no, uh, big do, buzz for that one. This this could really be Paul Giamatti that. shot at the best actor Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. In in indeed. Um, but yeah, just like with that chaos, and then yeah, immediately seeing him like stealing money from his mom, all that. So yeah, these guys are just dirtbags. <laughs> like they're mm-hmm. like they're they are unlikable. They're sad sacks. They're just like, why do I want to follow them? And I think that's 
part of the like central question of this movie here is like here's here's a guy that seems very very unlikable and here's another guy who's charming right mm. like he's he wants to have fun he's kind of a himbo right like he's he's she's just <laughs> out out there to have a good time he's about to get married absolutely um and like he, he, he even though he's charming and likable in that sense like he's all like he he's of the mindset of like this is my last week of freedom which is mm. just like dude you don't have to get married if if that's yes. your mindset <laughs> like what what are you doing what's going mm. on um uh, but it, yeah like it, you focus on paul giamatti's character and i think the movie in a weird way is like trying to convince you to like him and be like no let's let's take a closer look sure at first at first glance he's kind of a sad sack right he's lonely mm. he's single he's kind of stuck in his life you can tell he's not really going anywhere um but that's kind of the point of the movie is that he's he's so into wine. And when you hear him describe like why he's into Pinot's so much, it, he, he's describing himself. He's yes. He's yes. Dis describing this rape that is very finicky. It, it, it needs a lot of attention and care to really open up and bring it out and if you don't, it kind of goes nowhere and does nothing. Um, and it, like that, I think, is maybe where I. I, I, I think where I say this movie is maybe not my cup of tea because it's a little bit more on the surface than I would like it to be. Does that make sense? Mm. Like, I kind of want those metaphors to be even more subtle. Sure. Um, but at, like once he had that conversation with, with her of like the Pino is like this, it needs a, a attention mm. and care. I was like, oh, he's the Pino grape. <laughs> That's easy. Like, yes. Uh, OK, I understand <laughs> the movie. <laughs> my, my Enneagram is Pinot Noir. <laughs> like ENF Pinot Noir. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um. When he gives that speech, it's not clear if he knows. Right. I am the yes. Pinot Noir. I am talking about myself. If he's like really trying to hide behind that, I want to open up to this woman. I'm a tricky person to deal with. If I talk about myself in terms of this wine that we both love, I've got a metaphor she can latch on to for I am interested in you, but you really need to work on drawing me out. Or if he doesn't even realize, oh, I am the Pinot Noir, it's me. But she's doing some of the same stuff. And it seems mm -hmm. more to me that she is purposefully using me wine metaphors to reach out to him. Like they both drink this wine together and he's been drinking and drinking. Like he really, he loves the wine He's got such a, an enthusiasm and a sincere enjoyment of it. But also he just drinks so much of it over this trip. He is truly drinking to excess. He's drunk a lot of the time. And yeah. the two of them had this wine together. Him and Maya uh, is, is the girl who likes him. And he's when they drink it, she says, oh, this isn't what I thought it would be. There's too much alcohol. 
the alcohol of it really takes away from the sweetness that this wine I think could have otherwise. And he's like, really? I like it. So she's, I think, using that as a, a barb at him. Like, hey, yeah. you, I like you, but you're not behaving well. Like, I need you to sort of uh, was- back off. I know we like the wine together, but like, you got to stop drinking so much of it. Yeah, like he's a- able to connect with her over wa- wine and d- d- discuss it. And he really enjoys that. But it was a problem with the Drops of Gagad manga, right? Where every single conversation had to do about wine. There was nothing in there that was like, so do you like, do you, do you watch Kittens Next Door? Like, right? There, there's no... <laughs> discussion of anything outside of wine um and yeah that's kind of what she's saying here like hey let's take the wine out of this right like i i get that you like wine alcohol is fun yay thumbs up Mm -hmm. right but Mm -hmm. you're also just a sweet guy in general like tell me about your book like what are you writing about yo you're, you're 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 a teacher like what do you like about that right He's not engaging with her in those mm. ways. Mm. Um, and yeah, 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 right. I don't think he necessarily knows that he is the Pinot rape. Um, he does not see it. He does not understand it. He's just kind of focused mm. in on wine. Good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And he's got this even if he's not aware of it, this view on his favorite wine that is tied to himself. And then after he gives that speech, Maya has her speech about how, you know, she doesn't really have a particular favorite wine. Like she really loves wine overall for the stories behind it. She's like, I like to think of everybody who tended the grapes and everybody who picked them and how there's so many different factors that can go into this. Like what was this day? Like when the grapes were picked how what was what temperature was it? What was the sun like? What was the soil like? She's like, there's so much story going into this wine that I am drinking right now. And that's part of the enjoyment for me. Which is really beautiful and a lot more general, a lot more sort of benevolent. She has a less, even if the she's a less self-centered attachment to wine compared to how Miles thinks of it as like a self-metaphor. Her reaction to it is a lot less metaphorical. Uh, I, I think to think about her, her side of the, that whole conversation, the thing that stuck with me was her mentioning how she got into wine and that it was her ex and he was into it. He had this massive collection uh, and was like super duper into it. And she liked all the stuff that, you know, she got to try, but she very quickly learned that she had a much more specific palette, uh, not necessarily narrower, but like just, just like she didn't need like half of this collection. Yeah. If she narrowed it down to like, these are my top 10, like, she'd be good right like she knew exactly what she liked and what was she was like i have better taste than my partner does here in this sense he just kind of goes for everything 
Um, mm-hmm. And so to me, that's Hagnold. Like, yeah, she knows what she wants. She she's very specific in, in that sense. And yeah, the way she is into these lines where she thinks about the people involved in their stories like she she's kind of signaling to him like hey i want to know about your past relationships how you grew up what your parents were like where did you live like all of that stuff um and it it is this like hey i am willing to take the time to learn about you and care for you in the way that you actually need to be cared for because i want to know that whole story right yeah um which is yeah is uh is i i didn't think they are they are that perfect match but he doesn't really know it yet he's still he mm-hmm. has so much baggage he has a past relationship he's not over her yeah yet um all sorts of stuff he almost ruins the whole week when he says well if you're coming yeah. to the wedding i won't yeah. be and hangs right. up and, and it's he's like the best yeah. man exactly Which is like, like did you think about that dude <laughs> yeah like the fact that your ex-wife is going to be at this wedding at which you are the best man seemingly like the only groomsman of any kind it's like it seems like a very yeah. small social circle they just had that one scene and, where, and where they had their, their foreheads to gig together and it's just like paul G- 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 giamatti like looking in between them just like <laughs> it's me your third wheel yep. hi yep i'm still here <laughs> i'm gonna be around but yeah the fact that he's throwing away like the best man like you don't do that to your best friend just because your ex-wife <laughs> is going to be there i also think it's very funny that when he talks about her he's like Oh, she had such a refined palate. Oh, I miss her palate. It's not her. Like the, it's not the time they spent together. It's not the like adventures that they went or on. Or not even it's, like he talks about her palate the way he would talk about like her boobs or something. It's like, right, what? Yeah. <laughs> palate. <laughs> Man, the palate on her. <laughs> um. Yeah, and like he, man, like the he's he, they they have a montage uh, when montage they have their, fun. their their first like double date here. It's uh, Jack and uh, Sandra O's character. I don't remember her Stephanie. name. Stephanie. Stephanie. Yeah. Um, and then Miles and again her name. I just had it in my head. Maya. Maya, yes, thank you. I'm terrible with names. And kind of immediately they seem like it seems to be going well. Of of course, he immediately starts talking about wine and stuff like that. But it's like an hour and a half or two hours into this date. Just randomly gets up, drunk dials his ex, and is like, "Well, fuck you too." Yeah. Um, and it just—it seemed like such a weird move for for him in the moment. I get it; he's still hung up on on her. Um, but it was just so strange to me to have to like the film is showing me that he's having a good time he's into the conversation it's not like he's closed off in that set or like not participating in the in the, the date um and then just 
randomly out of the blue. It's not like someone said something that reminded him of his ex. He just does it. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. huh, so this is you. Okay. I see. Interesting. Um, but, but yeah, he's just like, I, I think the film on one hand, like tries to show you. Yeah, he's not not a great person. He's kind of sad. I mean, not even that he's like not a great person. He's just so sad and depressed and yeah. stuck in, in his life, which yeah. is something that that Jack keeps saying. Uh, yeah, maybe, he's maybe, like, maybe, don't maybe be a Debbie Downer this week. Yeah, maybe not in the best terminology of how he has, has it. It's like, fuck therapy and all that stuff. Right. Go to therapy, please. If you mm-hmm. need it, go check it out, please. Um, but it, yeah, he's 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 just like, dude, you're so depressed all the time, yeah. uh, which is why we need to get you laid. Like, that's yeah. it. That's the <laughs> solution here. Um, but then, yeah, I- like... It, as we've been discussing it's just like no he's not actually a bad person per se even though uh-huh. he did steal money from his mom maybe he is depressed but he's just someone that needs work he he needs mm. someone to look after him to to be there with yeah. him and to to help him out is essentially what it's saying which hey therapy <laughs> that sounds an awful lot like what he needs um so yes please I, continue i want to talk about the relationship between jack and miles because we don't see miles not that jack is making decisions that should be supported <laughs> like i have to go date this other woman for a week before i get married i can understand that miles is like not there to help his friend do that uh, but you don't see him really supporting Jack in any other ways. But you see Jack, like Miles has been writing this novel. He's finished it. It's like under consideration. And he's like, yeah, it's going through like a second round of review with this one publisher. I don't, I don't you know, it's sorry to tell. I don't think I'm going to get in. But Jack is telling everybody like he's got a book that's going to be published. And you learn that the book, yeah. it's very long and kind of meandery so it really that was gives great. jack when he hands her the manuscript yes. <laughs> and it's in this show box and she's like okay thanks and starts to walk away and goes oh no 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 wait 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 he reaches back and gets one more this box is, that's just as which big is the second time this year we've had that joke after like chidi's doctoral dissertation in the good place that's also an entire like paper ream box <laughs> oh my god but like the fact that it's great. so long and meandery i think at first miles is talking to jack about the book and he's like did you like the new ending and jack's like oh i love the new ending and he's like i didn't write a new ending you didn't read it but then when you learn how big and just messy the novel is you're like kind on jack's like i understand why he didn't read the whole thing but regardless of him actually reading the the manuscripts or not he supports his friend he almost sort of blindly supports his friend like oh you wrote a book it's gonna get published well like, i mean he's, a, it's maybe again, not he's t- trying to get him laid so he's 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 yes. not like it's under second round r- yes. review he's like no it's getting published here we go right. he's l- trying l- to talk he's checking out published yeah. author right here <laughs> this is my form of wingmanship <laughs> it's not the best method but he is still 
supportive of Miles in a way that we don't see Miles giving back to him. Like, no, buddy, you're really right. going to book that NBC fall pilot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You would get that new soak and spray c- commercial this this year. I know it, Ooh. man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good God. Uh, and the way that his mom was so enamored by by him. Oh, I loved you in that show. I got to oh, go my face on. Look what I'm dressed in. She was a riot. I loved her. Um, mom was fun. I didn't know the mom was part of the movie. But uh, yeah, he, like he's he's continually supporting him in in a certain way that like is is a good good friend um and then at the same time like i i I don't think miles really understands him he does not understand Mm -hmm. the kind of help that he's giving him it may not be the help that he needs per se but Mm -hmm. (coughs) excuse me um um when he when when he's trying or so <laughs> when things kind of blow up with Stephanie uh, mm. and uh, he they, they, they then then go to that restaurant and they meet that other wait and Jack ends up sleeping with her uh, uh-huh. and then has to cut out early because her husband comes home uh and he ends up leaving his wallet in her room and his wallet is the thing that has the wedding rings they need to like sneak back in and get the stuff um when just for all of the stuff that has happened to them his face getting messed up yes jack is is he's he's scheming he's he's trying to stay one step ahead of things mm-hmm. right like okay what kind of in injury does this look like okay a car crash and then like with like schemes this way to like okay we need to make it look like it was a car crash uh, hey man uh how about i drive this next uh, sh- yeah. sh- stretch like and he's just like no why not and he's like oh come on man and then he does and then immediately tries to crash it into a, tr- a tree. Uh, it, it like dents the front bumper up pretty good, but he's 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 like, we need to make this look a little better. <laughs> and so Again. like tries to like get a cinder block on the the gas pedal as they are not in the car to hit the tree again mm-hmm. and it just veers off and misses the tree completely and falls into a ditch <laughs> which seems like it still gets the job done it still gets the job done but the just the moment of, of them just being like oh oh oh, oh no <laughs> it's just great it's so good just to like see like the, the the camera behind them the tree and just to watch the car veer off completely yeah like, that is also a great metaphor for what is happening in this yes. movie like they are trying for this like tried and 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 true like let's just have a great weekend we're in wine country we get to taste all this amazing wine have great food and then things just veer off to the side and end up in a ditch mm. <laughs> but like he he ends up also supporting jack at the end of, of like hey don't drive off until they see the car, yes. car right 
so he he has his like wingman qualities about him. Yeah. But not in in the best way, right? Like uh-huh. keeping this big secret that he had this affair and did all of that. Yeah, it's it's an, it's an interesting movie for sure. I I want to talk about the thing with the rings because yes, please. It seems like Jack l- likes this woman he's about to marry. I don't remember her name, but it seems like it's more practical, like. Yeah, she seems like a good choice. Like her dad has this company in between acting gigs. I could work for her dad's company. That's a nice safety net. Like he maybe doesn't love her, love her, but she's a smart choice that he believes he should make. Um, And then he goes and he, he has this affair, which does like he doesn't tell Stephanie. Yeah, I'm getting married. This is just a fling. Like he gets so involved with her life. He meets her mom. He meets her daughter. He's talking about moving up there. And then she finds out you're getting married on Saturday. So he's really like he's sort of betrayed his future wife. He's betrayed her and all this stuff. But when he loses the rings, the one thing that we know specifically his fiance asked him for is like, I really want these special rings. They're like made out of this metal and of these engravings and these stones and all that. The desperation in his face when he's telling Miles, like, this is the one thing she asked me for. I have to give this to her. I cannot let her down. I have this much virtue in me. The, her mm-hmm. one specific request, I must be able to grant. I have to give her that. And then Miles looks at him and is like, I understand. This I have to meet you on. This I have to support you on. The one yeah. thing that is this is the one contract of our friendship. If your wife needs this and you need this, I'll do it for you. Uh, leading to him sneaking into this woman's house after her husband came home after the night shift. I love what an amazing <laughs> scene! This whole like this whole scene is great. When yeah. it's like you can understand that, like. If the guy's friend knocked on the door and is like, look, all I need is his wallet. Like you might give him the wallet. Like you're mad at the guy who slept with your wife, probably. But I would believe that a, a gu- this man would have enough sensibility to be like, such an awkward. Well, what's the point in me keeping his wallet? Like maybe I take the cash out of there, but like I can't deprive this man of having his driver's license or whatever. Here, fine, take the wallet. I mean, you'd be if he surprised. just knocked on the door. There wouldn't be that much of a confrontation, probably. Yeah, uh, he wouldn't be that <laughs> much in the wrong to knock on the door and just say, "Look, can I have my bud's wallet?" Instead, he sneaks around. They're playing like loud music inside the house. He goes in through the back patio door. He's padding around. He's <laughs> full Harry and the Spy stuff, and then he sees that couple loudly having sex in the bed. And it seems like the husband like. Kind of gets off on the idea that his wife uh, had this affair with this other man right there in their bedroom. Uh, and then the, he, like, he has no choice. He just has to run in there while they're completely screwing. Just like dip, dip, dip. Grab the wallet. Run out the run door. Out, yeah. Just like. Snatch and grab. I, and go. Right, I just have to hope they're distracted and they don't see me when it's like, no, you're right there. This is a fully lit room. You're six feet away. Yeah. So the guy chases him out, fully nude. He like runs up against the car. He's he's like he's like chubby little belly, and his dick are pressed against the car window. (laughs) 
And then when that when that guy's yelling at him, I'm like, that voice sounds familiar. Do you know who that actor is? I think I d- do know who it is. He's from Lost. Yeah, we're going to have so. to take the boy. <laughs> yep, I thought so. I thought yes. so. I, I recognized him. Yes. Yeah. Great character actor, <laughs> MC Ganey. <laughs> we're going to have to take the boy. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, man, I, yeah, like that, that whole seed was incredible. That is the like mm. the hangover hijinks that I like ex- expected. Um, I, I didn't know how that scene was going to go. Like, I almost wondered if he was still going to like inch and crawl in on hands and knees to like sneak it and get the wallet mm. and just be like halfway in and get caught and like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> um, but yeah, God, the whole the whole scene, because even when he runs out of the house, um, uh, Jack is is like in the p- p- passenger seat sleeping like you think he'd be like, like <laughs> just ready to go waiting. This guy has no care in the world. He's just sleeping passed out right. like, oh, God, it's it's so funny. Uh, the other scene that I really wanted to talk about, though is when they're on the golf course and they're just golfing real slow taking their time yeah. miles is always about to swing and then jack will say yes. something to like stop him or mess him up giving him uh, advice he didn't ask for the people behind them like swing on on them and the like the ball comes up and they're just like hey what the hell dude uh and so then miles turns around and hits the ball backwards towards them great seed and then that they get in their uh their little golf cart to drive up to jack and miles and and (laughs) jack (laughs) just he takes out the biggest club he has and just starts running around like a monster like a wild man and screaming like one to two just He he looks like the goofiest motherfucker. Just yes, great. Genuinely cracked up, laughed out Mm. loud. Hilarious. Um, but then like to to contrast all of that, we still we get the weddings and we get the confrontation between Miles and his ex, uh, Mm. and and his ex's new husband. Um, mm. and it kind of goes as like not not as pointed at like it it just it was not a great confrontation, but probably about as good as it could have gone. Yeah, she's she is civil to him. Seems like she still care like just wishes him well. I want yes. you to have a good life. I'm not mad at you. I don't have any grudges. I've totally moved on. Yeah, uh, even the new husband is like real civil, uh, and yeah. m- 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 Miles c- comments on that of those. Oh, huh. like he's he's surprised at how like, hey, I'm going to leave you two alone. Yeah. It was great to meet you. I've heard some great things, uh, yeah. but I think you guys need some time to talk. And he was just like, that was a big move from He's built this man up in his mind as an enemy. And now he meets the guy and he's like, 
Oh, you don't think of me as your enemy. How no can I do animosity that to you then? Whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and this is where she re- reveals that, like, yes, not only did I remarry and we didn't really tell you, but I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. And he like, you can just t- tell in his face. He's just like, mm. like, I hate yeah, this. That was... I hate everything about this. this right. Is... This was mm. the last yeah. straw. He's and he mentions they've been divorced for like two years or something. He's like, I always kind of imagined we'd find our way back to each other. Uh, and they, he had this really fancy bottle of wine, like this true gem in his collection that he's like, I was saving this for a 10 year anniversary. And when he's talking to Maya about it, she's like, you better open that up. Like now is when that wine has aged to the perfect state. Like if you let it sit too much longer, it's not going to be the same wine you've been imagining it to be. It's going to lose its mm-hmm. quality. Like you're kind of on a, a timer here. Uh, and he, I think he offers that to the ex-wife. Like hey, you want to have a drink? And she's like, oh, I can't. I'm pregnant. <laughs> so it's not only the fact that. I've truly lost this woman. There's now zero chance she's ever going to come back to me. But when he was talking about what he really connected with her about was the wine. He loved her palate. The fact that she physically like can't, shouldn't be drinking. He's like, oh, we don't even have that. Yep. <laughs> There's truly nothing, no interaction points between me and this woman anymore. Absolutely. Uh, and then smash cut to him drinking that 61 61- whatever mm-hmm. wine it was in kfc uh, as well, he eats yeah, the, he... His, his 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 six piece ch- ch- chicken <laughs> strips right yeah he <laughs> takes it to a diner he's gets a burger and fries you can tell he's like snuck the thing in and he's pouring it into like a styrofoam soda cup great uh it's still wearing his like best man tuxedo i don't know if there was like it was just a wedding and not an uh a like there's no reception or it's one of those he's not i don't know I if it's he's abandoned he the wedding out on the reception yeah, I don't know. or something it's not, yeah it's not clear if he is skipping out on something that jack expected him to be at but he seems at peace he is finally treating himself to this wine like we have seen miles overindulge in things but never treat himself well, he doesn't have a lot of care for himself, even though he's frequently engaging in his favorite activities. It's not in a way mm-hmm. that is like a treat for himself, you know? Yeah. And it's it's interesting to me because that scene in almost any uh, other context would be like, OK, you've now officially hit rock b- 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 bottom. Yeah. You're drinking <laughs> wine in your local diner, not one that the diner had, one that you brought and you snuck it in and you're like eating it with just a, yeah. like the most normal greasy cheese burger, right? Like that pairing also has to be terrible. Um, it might work, you know, you get like a I nice mean, rich knows, beef burger I mean, and then I don't know what sort of wine it was, but I mean, and wine is not only to pair with fancy foods. Wine <laughs> is for a cheeseburger. Wine is for a fry or McNugget. You can find the wine right one. Wine is for bagel bites and pizza rolls. Um, <laughs> There's a wine for that. I don't know which one it is, but there is one. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And like that is not his rock bottom, though. That is his like. Okay, from now on, yes. you start treating me good. Like 
this is the yeah. trajectory up upwards, but it's also not his lowest point now g- 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 going yeah. up. This is the, oh, oh, okay, I've restarted. We're starting, no, mm-hmm. here here we go. We're starting out on a yes. good foot, right? Like, yeah, drink some I need wine to stop. and a burger. <laughs> Stop waiting for like, I need to reach a certain milestone in my life before I allow myself the treat of this fancy wine. When Maya points out, now is when the wine is ready to be drank. He has to sort of accept. I, I have earned it now. <laughs> like maybe, maybe I will continue to earn the treat that is the wine right now when it is ready for me. It's about like seizing the opportunity. Yeah. And then it seems like some time has passed um, and it seems like he's kind of kept in touch with Maya, but not too often. Uh, she leaves a message for him that is uh, like, hey, thanks for your l- 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 letter. And I think by time it's reached the like, I will write you a l- letter st- stage, I think is when she is, is like, OK, now I think you're ready come over to my place like let's see if something can happen she calls him when she's like i finally finished the manuscript like she's the only one who has read the entire thing and she's like i liked it It, it, like she really read it it seems like every little hint that miles puts out there every hook of I can't literally express myself, but I can do so with these metaphors of how I talk about the wine or what I wrote in my manuscript or whatever. She Mm -hmm. seems to take that sincerely as what it is like, all right, if I want to get to know this guy, this is how I have to do it. I have to read the whole manuscript. So I will. And then I'll reach out to him, even though I am mad that he helped his best friend lie to my best friend. Make her believe she could have this incredible new relationship when, no, he has to go back to San Diego and get married. Yeah. I mean, you can easily see her being like, yeah, I'm not going to read all of this, dude. Like, like you, Mm -hmm. we just had like a terrible date. Like we've tried. It's not working all of that stuff. But yeah, I think because of the way she was talking about the wine and how she 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 wants to know all the stories. Yeah, it, it is this like. Maybe he didn't realize it. He didn't expect it. But yeah, she calls and is like, well, I read the whole thing. <laughs> I did what you said. <laughs> so good for her. Mm-hmm. I, th- I, I think I think that's a real sweet, sweet move. Um, yeah. Yeah. There. She's Maya seems very kind. Um, we haven't talked much about Stephanie. Stephanie is like such an image of the cool girl. She's so smart about the wine, but like not at all in a snobby, intimidating way. She Mm -hmm. wears like a French leather jacket and rides a motorcycle and lives in this cool like house with a big sunroom and everything. She's really the dream girl. Sandra O in general is just awesome. Like, yeah, (laughs) she's so cool. (laughs) Man. Um, Does she play the teacher at the beginning of Big Fat Liar? To oh, whom I, Frankie I Muniz know. has to write the story and then Paul Giamatti steals the story. Maybe. That might I be I don't her. know off the t- t- top of my head. It's been Let's a while since you've can, watched uh, Big Fat Liar. Liar. Uh, yeah, Sandra O oh, is in it. She's right there in the <laughs> cast. Let's see if I can. What does their Wikipedia say? 
Where's Sandra O? Oh. There's a jillion Command people F. in Big Fat Liar and Tiny Little Roles. Sandra <laughs> John o. Cho is in it. Plays uh, Miss Phyllis Caldwell, Jason and Kaylee's eighth grade English teacher. Yep, yep, yep. You nailed it. Nailed it in one. Hole in one. John Cho <laughs> plays Dusty Wong, the director of the Big Fat Liar film. Yes. Interesting. Frankie Muniz, man. And Amanda Bynes. Wow. Okay. Anyways, uh, enough about Big Fat Liar. Uh, <laughs> do you have any other kind of final things that you wanted to touch on or talk about with uh, Sideways here? I just like the look of the movie overall. Uh, the day I watched this was the day I had put up all my Halloween decorations and I've got mm. you know, the entire apartment is orange now. <laughs> like this is normally when i would start watching spooky movies this one's not that at all but i put it on and it's a movie with such beautiful warmth to it like you see the four of them going out on like a double date and they have like a picnic blanket out in like the grapevines and watching the sunset like it and when they're in that all these little restaurants up there like it had the warmth to to live up to all of the little fall autumn leave led lights i've set up yeah. in my apartment now oh it was really complimentary after all and there's a fun montage when miles and jack first get up there when they were exploring the vineyards and going around driving around and drinking and it's all in like split screens Mm -hmm. that's that's just fun editing that yeah that's an, an interesting one i uh i loved the e emus <laughs> in the, in yes. that, and then it comes back God, they're going when, through like solvang and all these beautiful particular california towns yeah but the the joke of the emus come comes back later on in the film when jack shows up naked after almost being caught by uh the one 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 dude he's like man i even had to run through a field of emus <laughs> or, or, or ostriches there's something yeah i forget what but god so funny uh well yeah i i i liked it i enjoyed it it might not be my mm. personal cup of tea but i thought it was a good film um nice. I, I, it has has some uh some laugh out loud moments some good genuine emotion like, like yeah. i said good like book ends to the film where it starts by someone knocking on the door being like woken up and interrupted uh and then uh the end it's uh miles knocking on maya's door hoping to start a new opportunity yeah just a good way to bookend mm. well crafted bookend that film indeed um yes so now that we've done that let me pull up bingo on screen here i took um, a look i don't think we've yeah i don't think, I don't think we've think we got have anything, anything. We brush up against no time to eat breakfast, but in this case, it's like we refuse to stop and have a full mom's birthday brunch. Woke up early and yeah. Uh, no sex scene set to. Well, there is a sex scene set to music, but not in the same way that this square is like meant for. I, and one of the 
nights when Jack is out with Stephanie and it's just miles left to his own devices. He like goes to the corner store and just like very mundanely buys a barely legal. And you see him sitting up there in the hotel room, just reading it, just re- yeah. <laughs> like reading it. Like it's any other magazine. Like it's just read it for the articles. <laughs> God falls asleep writing it yeah. too like <laughs> like that is, like pants fully buckled I, I i mean barely legal porn in and of itself is kind of mm. not a, but that's kind of the idea right he's trying to find something that excites right. him Right. In the, the most like it's- dangerous, obscure, <laughs> yeah. dirty way. Right. Of like, Ooh, this is gross. Yeah. The fact that it's like an extra. S- <coughs> and he falls asleep. <laughs> right. The fact that it's an extra salacious pornographic magazine makes it yeah. even funnier how absolutely blase the experience is. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah. So no update on bingo uh, with all of that. So bringing it back over here cool melissa let's talk recommendations if people yes. enjoyed this film what else might they recommend or what else might they like that you would recommend one of my favorite uh informative podcasts when it's not just like comedy bullshit uh is a show called decoder ring that takes the d- things in culture and sort of digs into them and demystifies them. Like, what's the deal with bland hotel art? What's the story mm-hmm. behind ice cream trucks? All sorts of stuff like that. And they had an episode um, from May 3rd, 2022, called The Sideways Effect that is about this movie's effect on the wine industry. One of the iconic lines of it is when they're about to go out on this double date and Jack is trying to get Miles to, like, lighten up and play along and he's like, don't be your like sad sack wine snob self tonight. Don't drink too much and don't be too hoity-toity about it. They want to drink Merlot. We're going to drink Merlot. And he's like, I am not drinking any fucking Merlot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the episode, uh, the, uh, this Dakota Ring episode is about, did that line have an effect on Merlot sales? And it huh, talks to these people in the wine business and these like economists who looked at sideways's effect on wine sales in the years to come they're like merlot did take a hit but chardonnay which is also discussed which is like very briefly you know uh neutrally mentioned in the movie also took a hit what's the deal there and it looks the the ultimate finding is that sideways didn't scare people off of like boring basic wines it more opened them up to considering more challenging wines people weren't like oh i can't drink merlot merlot's for dorks they're like i have liked merlot but what else would i like give me a cab salve like it's getting people to expand their palate like it was good for the average wine drinker that's cool learning to not only drink more wine but drink more different types of wine instead of just the same type everywhere you go so that's a really interesting episode and a podcast i love overall that's interesting that was also something i remember in the tagline of drops of god which also recommend 
uh, to for you guys to go check out if you're interested in wine. Uh, we covered it here on the review show episode 131. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I um, looked this up. We read the original uh, manga Drops of God, which is about a famous sommelier who who dies and leaves his millions and millions of dollars worth wine collection uh, to either his child, his adult estranged child, or his pretty much adopted protege. Like the two of you have to compete. Which one of you knows me better, knows the wine better, really right. has the love and interaction with wine better to win, win the whole collection. Uh, and then that was turned into an Apple TV plus show earlier this year. Yeah. But there's something I remember when we were reading that manga, they're like the description also said something along the lines of like the manga that influenced the wine industry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and, right. So who knows what that means exactly, but uh, it, yeah, I, I remember a similar tag line on that one so um i out. recommend uh there's a movie called bottle shock from i don't know sometime in the mid 2000s and 2010s this stars the late the precious alan rickman as mm. this wine critic who this is said in the 70s when the california wine culture is just getting started and it's really not taken seriously compared to like the French wines. And Alan Rickman is this uh, critic and wine expert. He owns a little wine shop and he stages this competition. We're going to take some of the best California wines and some of the best French wines in a blind taste test and see, does California really know what they're doing? Uh, mm -hmm. And this is the story of, you know, like the, the Chateau Montalena Chardonnay that like put what California wine country on the map uh, also stars Chris Pine as the, the son of that vintner. Uh, pretty fun movie and not really anything to do with wine very much, but if you just want more of adult male friendship and goofing around while they go on a trip, the trip, uh, the trip is a series of, movies i think in england they were aired as like long tv see you know like eight episodes of tv that then they got compressed down into like two hour movies um starring steve coogan and another guy whose name i don't remember because he wasn't in any of the night at the museum films uh but they, they play themselves kind of lightly fictionalized versions of themselves going on various trips uh there's like the trip the, the trip to Spain, the trip to Greece, the trip to Italy, wherever. I've only watched the original The Trip so far. Mm -hmm. uh, really fun. Just beautiful scenery. They're going throughout like Britain and its environs. If they get to Scotland or Ireland or Wale, Wale, Wales or anywhere around there. It's been a couple of years since I've seen this, but gorgeous scenery, like a wonderful travelogue and just these two men being friends, doing things like long, cool. long Michael Caine impersonation competitions with each other, just <laughs> doing Michael Caine at each other, like over dinner at some fancy, some some fancy little restaurant out, out in the moors or whatever. Great. I really enjoyed it. I know there's more for me to go watch. I've kind of been saving them for like, it's the dead of winter and I'm snowed inside and I need to get out in some way. I will watch the rest of the trips. Cool. 
Um, continuing on the wine theme, uh, this movie Uncorked on Netflix from 2020 uh, was great. I thought it was fantastic. Go check it out. Uh, this is about a young guy whose father wants him to uh, take over their barbecue restaurant down in Atlanta. Uh, and he's not really feeling it. He's gotten into wine recently and he wants to become a sommelier. And uh, from what I understand, it is very difficult to become a sommelier and become a yes. good one. Um, yeah. And so it's about his journey, like trying to take that test and dealing with his father, not really understanding wine and the culture that surrounds it why this te test is important to him why you wouldn't want the like family legacy all that stuff um but it it was a fantastic movie uh it stars an actor that i now really really enjoy i don't know how to pronounce <laughs> his name i'm going to butcher this and i apologize uh momodo I, I that's so wrong. I, I don't know. I, I mess it up. Um, but uh, it's memo. Udo. Ooh, Affy um, is is his his name again. I apologize for butchering that that. But uh, he's been in a number of things that I've watched recently and i really really uh in, in, enjoy him he's also uh he does one of the main voices in pixar's elemental oh. um he he plays the like main boy friend guy uh in that yeah the wet guy <laughs> um but yes go check out uncorked uh if you want to stick with the wine theme on that um something else that this oddly oh one last thing that I want to mention about Uncorked, the music in Uncorked is composed by Hit Boy, um, who has recently been producing Nas's uh, most recent oh. albums, his uh, King's Disease and Magic uh, series of uh, albums, uh, which have been fantastic. Um, so hmm. go go check that stuff out. But yes, um, the next thing that I would recommend that i was not expecting uh to to make a connection to with this film uh this kind of reminded me of adaptation the nicholas cage yeah sure film uh early on when i was describing the film and i kind of mentioned that at one point when he's describing his manuscript, he references some like mystery novel writer and how those mysteries just kind of end up going nowhere. Uh, like that was like it, it felt true in a way that the movie didn't have like a climactic ending. Right. There's not some big fight scene at the wedding and everyone like right. There's there's nothing like that. The wedding happens the confrontation ha happens with his ex. It goes better than expected. Mm. Nothing really comes of it. And then, yeah, he like kind of moves on with his life and that's it. Um, and so I, I just thought it was like an interesting kind of meta circle back on that. Whereas in adaptation, it is a movie about him writing the movie that you're watching 
Uh, yeah. So it, it, yeah, it's this interesting full circle kind of feeling there. So go check yeah. it out. Adaptation's also a movie that is on one of its levels very much about orchids. So it's mm-hmm. another movie to watch if you want to learn a lot about a specific sub thing. Yeah. Where the movie's not about that, about that, but the characters are really invested in this one skill, this one field, and sort of secondhand you pick up that knowledge. I like when a movie can do that. <laughs> when I can just pick up vocabulary words for use in some future scenario from a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so th- th- there you go. That's what I would recommend. Uh, let me see. When when did we cover adaptation? That's what I want to... Uh, it's just adaptation. earlier this year. We did that for our annual National Treasure Weekend where we cover a film starring Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. That was from uh, episode 260. So just over 10 episodes ago. Go check that out. Uh, but yeah, that I think covers our recommendations. For next week, I kind of already mentioned it already. It's the end of the month, so we will be continuing our coverage of Hellboy, Mike Mignola's Hellboy. Uh, we read the first three volumes last month. So this next week, we will be reading volumes four through six. Uh, these are available on Comixology, uh, Comixology Unlimited, if you have the subscription v- v- version of that. Or you can go check out your local comic book store. I'm sure your library yeah. uh, might have them. My partner and I just went yesterday to get our library cards. Uh, so cool. Fun. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, that is what we will be up to next week. However, Melissa, I have my pitches for the first weekend in October. Yes. Month. I, I mean, I guess spooky month has kind of already started since we're covering Hellboy um, next week. But yeah, we're going to have six just, straight like, weeks of, of spooky book ended on either end by some Hellboy. Yes. So I have my pitches ready to go for the first official week of October, the first official yes. spooky month. Uh, do you want me to go, go, go ahead and pitch yes. those to you? Now. Perfect. Melissa, you put in a request for some Archie horror, Archie I horror did. comics. Uh, this is the week that I think we did or in two Good, weeks is the, the week that I think we dive into some Archie horror comics. Um, so pitch number one is the proper afterlife with Archie. Um, this is also available on Comixology Unlimited. Let me read the little description here. It says, when Jughead's beloved pet, Hot Dog, is killed in a hit and run, Jughead turns to the only person he knows who can help bring back his furry best friend, Sabrina, the teenage witch. Using dark, forbidden magic, Sabrina is successful, and Hot Dog returns to the land of the living. But he's not the same. And soon, the darkness he brings back with him from beyond the grave begins to spread, forging, forcing Archie, Betty, Veronica, and the gang to try to escape from Riverdale. 
Um, How many is this? So in total, this is, I believe, 10 issues. Okay. Stick with me here because there is a volume one where you can read the first five. Okay. The next five ish issues, which are also available on Comixology Unlimited, are not collected in a like single volume. So you have to read them as single ish issues. But all 10 are on there. So 10 ish issues, and that's all of them that they've made. Pitch number two. Let me pull this up here in the app. Come on, buddy. Did you say that my headphones blipped out for a second? Did you say the name of pitch number two already? I have not. I'm pulling it up right now. Um, Pitch number two is called Jughead, the hunger. Uh, (laughs) Let's see here. See the series. Um, Let's see. Can I get the the where is the full thing here? Um, Oh, how does that say one shot special? I don't want to do that. Where is the volume one description? Ebook details. Come on. Give me the thing. Oh, they don't have a good description. Let's see if they have it here somewhere. I'll read this one then. It says, uh, yeah, Jughead, the hunger. Jughead Jones has always had an insatiable appetite. But what if his hunger came from a sinister place? When a murderous menace is on the prowl, taking the lives of some of the most well-known and esteemed inhabitants of Riverdale, Jughead and his family's dark legacy comes to light. Um, This is so if Afterlife with Archie is more of a a zombie story, Mm -hmm. this is a werewolf story. Oh, okay. Um, Different flavors. Jughead the Hunger. Yeah. Um, So this one, what does my notes say here? Uh, this one, I believe, is 13 issues total. Um, and these are also all available on Comixology Unlimited. I believe that second volume. Um, color, there's there's three volumes on Comixology Unlimited. Um, so for a total of 13 ish issues there. Um, so, yeah, that is pitch number two. Pitch number three. This one is a little bit different because there were there's there's been a couple of uh, like Archie horror titles, but uh, the first two that I mentioned, those were like the longer like here's a good chunk of them. Uh, Pitch number three is actually two different titles together um, is what I I will say. So this is. uh, where did it go here? Uh, this is Vampironica and Blossoms 666. Again, these are all available on Comixology Unlimited uh, for you guys to read. Let's see, Vampironica. Let me read the description for that. It says, when Veronica is bitten by a centuries-old vampire, her thirst for blood threatens to turn River Dale to a haven for the undead. The undead. 
Will she put an end to the vampire threat or give in to her blood lust? Um, this is only five issues, which is why I paired it with Blossoms 666. Um, let me read the description for this one, which says Cheryl and Jason Blossom are a pair of seemingly normal kids in River Jail. They're well, well, wealthy, popular, and likable, but they also harbor a deep, dark secret. One of the Blossom twins is the Antichrist. Wow. But, <laughs> both want a both want the title and no one in Riverdale is safe uh so this is also a five issue huh. uh, just one volume thing here so but there you go pitch number one afterlife with archie pitch number two jughead the hunger pitch number three <laughs> vampironica and blossoms 666 I I really appreciate how much variety there is. I didn't know how deep Archie horror went. Uh, this is a great breadth of topics we could have. Really, admirable. to be honest, this is kind of it. We've already covered Sabrina the Teenage Witch here on the review show very very early on in the podcast. Yeah. It's been one of our favorites uh, since rating that. But besides that, and these like that, that's kind of it. There's not hey, really much I else there, to the Archie horror. New things coming out. Uh, one of them uh, written by Jordan Morris, who you'll remember from Bubble. Mm -hmm. Remember the audio drama turned graphic novel Bubble? He wrote a story called Pop's Chocolate Shop of Horrors. Yeah. Uh, they think might be published in some, I don't know exactly what format. It's a standalone compendium. Don't know for sure. Uh, so it still happens. Uh, and I've been intrigued by the concept of doing this. So I would like to start right there at the beginning with the most iconic of the titles. Let's read Afterlife with Archie. Cool. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Afterlife with Archie is fantastic. I own the first volume uh, of, of this. It is a fantastic book. Let me pull up here. Um, it is written by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, who also wrote the Sabrina the Teenage Witch comics. Also, it, stopped writing this and sabrina to then go write the riverdale mm. show um so if if you're a fan of the riverdale show you might want to check these out uh but with some fantastic fantastic artwork by francesco frank of the um who, who makes some just great art art artwork um so i'm excited after yeah. with Archie for Spooky Fun. Month. Yeah. Good stuff there. So uh cool. Next week, Hellboy volumes four through six. And then after that, uh Afterlife with Archie. Volume one and issues six through ten. <laughs> so good stuff. Uh, but I think that about wraps us up for this week so melissa where can the people find you on the internet uh, i still have accounts on the platforms having been known as instagram and twitter at wilkywit w-i-l-k-y-w-i-t and it's also on hey you can find me in a lot of places that haven't been updated in a while but do still exist uh my podcast saturday morning obscurities show i host with my brother jams talking about weird old kids shows you feel like only you remember 
uh, we will eventually have to get to Codename Kids Next Door on there. Absolutely. That's a great one. Um, cool. Well, yeah, if you guys would like to follow me, I am at Yo Kyle Springer on most of the social media places. If you'd like to stay up to date with all of the stuff that we do here at The Whatnots, we are at The Whatnots uh, at most places, if not at The Whatnots official. If you're watching this on YouTube, we got plenty more videos for you to check out right over there. So please go like, share and subscribe in all the places that would help us out a ton. But yeah, this has been number 271 of The Review Show. We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.